What it is, what it is, guys. Welcome to another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. You guys have been hearing me talk about it, the urban movement license model, where we are giving you all the systems and the business support that we were going to do with our franchise model, but at a fraction of the price, you're getting full geographical protection. You will be the only urban movement in your city. With that license right, you can open up additional licenses, but you will never have any direct competition except for all the people who are going to try to knock us off and rip us off, but you will own that white space. If you've been looking to create a brand that fits perfectly in between those polished boutique fitness, Orange Theories and Barry's boot camps, and kind of the rugged, less sophisticated CrossFit model, I have created it. I've perfected it over the past four years, and I'm ready to hand it off and expand the brand, but I don't want to open up all these stores myself. I don't want to move to Chicago and Austin and California. I want operators and people that I would align with, people I would drink beer with, people I would want a part of this bigger brand to help me grow this thing into what I truly believe it can become. If you're interested, guys, go to the link in my Instagram bio, submit your interest, and one of my staff will be in contact with you shortly so that we can go ahead and walk you through more of the application process. I'm super excited about this. We're taking care of all your remote videos. You don't have to worry about creating on-demand content anymore. You're going to have the business support of my team and myself. I'm really fucking pumped. All right, enough of this. On with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And today we're talking a little bit more about the programming methodologies on tempo training that we use at Urban Movement. It's what I've come to believe from a group barbell biased, strength and conditioning biased fitness model. I truly believe this is the best, most optimal way to work out for people who aren't trying to do this as a career, people who are not competing at a high level in any sport, people who are... A fitness enthusiast, they like to look good naked. They like to be able, they like in the moment of being able to hit that rep or push real hard on that, you know, erg. They love the endorphin hit of these workouts. But if you were to say, hey, listen, but going this way, you're probably going to blow out your, you know, knee. Or going this way, you're eventually going to have adrenal fatigue and a thyroid disorder. Or going this way, you're just going to start beating yourself up and not liking yourself because you didn't finish as well as the guy in the 6 a.m. class. So this is where we're going with this. And uh, one of the things we've done at Urban is we created three unique workout styles. You know, there was a moment in time where Urban Movement tested four unique classes. And that was, you know, that kind of got really popular with gyms. Everyone was like, oh, I'm going to have this class and that class and this class. It was very much like the Globo Gym model of of the olden days. And we did that and we tested and we tried things and we ran it for you know maybe two years. And then I decided, no, we are gonna have one class, one singular class, lift and move, that is exactly what we are gonna do. And But we're gonna have three unique styles, three flavors, three speeds, so that while you might come to the same class you know, four days a week, you are gonna have way different workout experiences. And a lot of this comes on the back of Number one, what I uh, when I was in CrossFit and I owned a CrossFit South End, I you know you had different sensations. There would be workouts like a Fran that was quick and fast and dirty and but oh my god, like your lungs were just left on the floor. Then there were workouts like um, Murph, 
long and just they never ended. You just had to chip away at it as it ate your soul. And and those different variances, you know, gave you different feelings going into the workout. You thought about it differently. You know, even after the workout, you your body felt different. Your DOMS afterwards were different in each of those scenarios. And then, you know, Orange Theory has a um, has a system within their class, right, where they go at base pace, race pace, or all out. Metabolic has momentum, anabolic or anaerobic and durability. I mean, these are, I mean, there are plenty of models. You know, there's a lot of CrossFit gyms that have like wellness, fitness, and performance. Like, this is not new. None of this is new. But the way we designed our three class system, our three uh, style system, what we call sprints, builds, and grinds, were very much all tied into our core competency, which is the tempo training, which I've talked about on a previous podcast here. And I'm not going to get into like the specific tempos for each one that would wait, you know, to, that would, that'd be really fun because it'd be allowed me to nerd out. And I promise I'll do that on a future podcast. But essentially I want to talk about the three and why I think this model allows us to capture the largest portion of the market. And I'll start with the sprints. Sprint days, we run a system where builds are the base And then one week, we have a priority of sprints, where there's two sprints that week and one grind. And another week, again, you have your build as a base. And then we have a priority of grinds over sprints, where there would be two grinds and one sprint that week. And we alternate those back and forth bi-weekly. And with that, sprints are our days where we are having a very focused lifting session, very supersetted much more isolation based. I mean, we're really cranking tempo on certain movements based on our hypertrophy tempo. Um, We have different tempo lengths based on what we're trying to get out, absolute strength versus hypertrophy versus muscular endurance, so on and so forth. And we really crank up our tempos towards the hypertrophy based training there and muscular endurance based training because that is going to be the element that we really want tempo built in on because in a sprint, none of the movements have tempo. It's our only workout style that doesn't have tempo in the actual movement because this is meant to be all out efforts. Now, the one thing and add the, the exercise physiologist in me, right? The programmer inside of me, we cannot get true sprints out of regular human beings, like true sprints. True sprints would require a work to rest ratio one to uh, one to nine, right? You would need like if someone really laid it all out on the floor, they would need significant rest. And you and me all know that the average person cannot truly express that kind of power. They don't lack the prerequisite absolute strength or even the the kinesthetic awareness, the technique. They just do not have that in them. So with that, we generally are working with what we call sprints, but if I were to really look at it through the true lens of a fitness professional, they're more fatigue-based efforts after the first couple sets. The real sprints, in my opinion, allow you to recover in between efforts. These do not because we only have an hour and the person we're dealing with, on average, cannot truly express that power. Now, with that, we're generally running maybe uh, one-to-one, one-to-two work-to-rest ratios to allow people enough time to recover so that each effort is of a sprint-like quality 
a quote unquote perceived max. You know, you guys talk, you talk about rate of perceived exertion, RPE. It might feel like an RPE of 10 to that individual. We all know they're definitely capable of doing more, but again, I talked about the limitations of the class time and the average person. But these work good enough. And for the person who is more um, advanced and really can express the power, it is, it is a more fatigue-based training. And we accept that and we just understand that we can't make it perfect for both people at each end of the spectrum. We're taking care of not the 10% at the top and the 10% at the bottom, but the 80% in the middle. And so our sprints hit that day. So like there's, you know, what I call like the WWE model, you know, world wrestling, like, you know, professional wrestling, you had the guys you loved and the guys you hated. It was a good guy, bad guy model. Well, sprints for a lot of people is the, are the bad guys. Like people are like, oh, it's a sprint day. Now they still have, you know, very high attendance. Like people show up on sprint days, but it's like, oh, did you see tomorrow's sprint? Jesus. And it create, it, you know, takes on its own brand, right? And, you know, with sprints, one thing we're really conscious of is keeping them super simple. So the majority of your sprint work is erg-based. The, the remainder of it is going to be something that is going to be um, very much a conditioning effort. You're going to be utilizing lighter weights so that you can continuously keep your RPMs high. You, there's no, you know, there is no strength-based work here. You guys will hear when I get into other types of workouts that we do, the builds and grinds. And I'm probably going to do everything in separate podcasts now that I'm thinking about it because I'm not even done on sprints. And I, and I don't want this thing going on for too long. But um, in the sprints, we're going to go ahead and we're going to choose movements that allow for uh, either you know dumbbell, slam ball, kettlebell cycling, good, clean, efficient reps, not too much going on, keeping them A to B type movements. You know, uh, these aren't snatches and all. These are very simple. This could be front squats. This could be lunges. They could be anything you can keep. A uh, slam balls will be uh, a slam ball thruster. A you know, which is essentially like a throwing slam ball, but you just release it a couple inches off your tips or your fingers. They could be whatever that we can keep high RPMs of unbroken sets. And people kind of get that. Like we have some guys in the beginning, and even girls, that might go too heavy, and when their their speed isn't there, our time domains capture them. Meaning, we put you know move for thirty, rest for sixty. We put the work built in there that you can only get it done if you're sprinting. And if you can't get the work done, you probably went too heavy. So the guy or girl that wants to go with the heavier uh, you know object they get caught in the time domain. They don't finish in time. And a coach easily identifies that and comes over and goes, hey, listen, it probably wasn't a fluke. Let's go ahead and let's take the weight down and try to get this done in under a minute, right? So that you can have a couple seconds extra of recovery there at the end because we know that recovery time is going to be cut down as you fight against that clock. And and it's just one of these cool things to see individuals come in who are like 30 seconds. That's going to be so easy, right? 90 seconds all day. And yes, I know for you guys like 90 seconds is not a sprint. Trust me. I know. Again, it's one of the, the compromises you make when you're not dealing with only elite athletes, right? For people who can only be aerobic, people that can't tap, tap into their, their anaerobic capacity, right? We've, we've hit this already. I just don't want all the exercise fizz nerds like me to come at me in the comments and the DMs. Um, but yeah, so that, those are our sprint days. The, the lifting portion of our sprint, sprint days, because I don't even know if I mentioned this, the classes are broken into two chapters. You have lift and move. The lifting portions are very exaggerated. Uh, they're, they're very uh, very strategically picked tempos. 
so that we really stay in a hypertrophy base. Like you need to leave the lifting portion like, fuck, I'm so glad we're not doing any heavy lifting now. Like I am, my muscles are so exhausted. I'd like to go light my lungs on fire because my, my muscular endurance, my muscles here are just completely shot. And that's what we want. We never want anyone to leave a sprint and be like, all right, well, sprint day. That means I need to go to the gym, the Globo gym afterwards and hit some weights. Or I need to stick around for open gym afterwards. No, we want you to get everything you need out of that lifting piece. So that is our sprint day. It is one of our three. I will be continuously making more content on this. But this is something like, you know, all the future urban movements that are going to be opening up, this will be something built into the programming model. You know, how many days a week do we want to do a sprint? What kind of individuals do we need to be more worried of when they're doing sprints? There are some people, again, that don't have the prerequisite to sprint. So how do we make this workout still very efficient and safe for them? And, and all the other ins and outs to go into this. So guys, uh, hope you enjoyed that. Again, keep letting me know if you like this programming talk of what I'm talking about here. If you like me making content on this, please hit me up. Or if you're like, Stu, keep that shit over on the Urban Movement uh, podcast. Don't bring it over here. Either way, let me know, guys. Talk to you soon.